Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. We've reached the end of the road here in the 2021 season, so that means this is the final Patriots in Pinstripes podcast this week. Mark Schwartz and I will recap the final regular season week. We'll also take a look back on the season as a whole, and lastly, take a peek at the championship series between Bowie and Akron, all coming up next on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! Hey there, everybody. Brandon Pelter with Mark Schwartz. Mark, a couple days removed now from a pretty tough loss on Sunday to end the regular season for Somerset. It was win, and not only were they in, but they'd be top seed. And in a matter of, what, 15, 20 minutes, the Patriots went from winning with Bowie trailing Altoona Two roles reversed. Bowie took the lead. They ended up winning, which meant the Patriots' loss eliminated them. Uh, and at a very similar time, it was the Akron Rubber Ducks coming from behind, powered one more time by Jose for me. And the Patriots split a series in which they took three of the first four. It's just still a tough one to get past. Yeah, it's a um, it's a shocking conclusion to the season. I mean, we were there on side in Akron, Brandon and. Uh, you know, after that Friday night game where it was Nesky through those seven shutout innings and then the team won two to nothing, looking at Saturday and Sunday, thinking, okay, only one win and they're in. They just need to win either Saturday or Sunday. And uh, Saturday's game was tricky. It was close. And then there was the error by Chad Bell. Uh, and it ultimately wasn't the Patriots night, even though Ken Waldachuk did really what he needed to do. If not for that error by Bell, um, you're looking at probably six innings of two-run baseball from Ken Waldachuk, which is what you wanted out of, out of that kind of a night. But specific to Sunday, uh, you look, the Patriots were up 4 nothing, and you could not ask for a better script for this team than to have Luis Medina on the mound go six innings and not allow a hit until the bottom of the seventh when there was a leadoff triple by Brian Lavastida. He was hitless through six innings, had not allowed a run, and the Patriots jumped out to an early lead against the Cy Young Award winner with Oswaldo Cabrera and Dermis Garcia, uh, two guys that have been with the team all season long that have uh, set their own records. Um, so to have that early lead and have a seven, or rather a 4 nothing lead go into the bottom of the seventh inning on the last day of the year where you have Luis Medina, who has no hit, the rubber ducks, and then you have a bullpen that has been so strong as well to have the season conclude that way, to have it come to a screeching halt and have Bowie take the lead in their game at the same time that Somerset let their lead slip away. It still feels like a little uneasy because it just was a conclusion that I don't think any of us were expecting, especially at that point in the game when the Patriots were up by four. 
You mentioned against uh, the former Cy Young Award winner. That was Shane Bieber that the Patriots hit early. I mean, Oswaldo Cabrera got them in front. Dermis Garcia set a uh, franchise, actually two franchise home run records for a single player, hitting his 31st, breaking uh, 13-year-old record previously set by Josh Presley and Brandon Larson in 2008 at 30 home runs. They also, uh, Garcia also set the new team record it was their 175th home run of the season also breaking that 2008 record but uh, Jose Fermin was there as he had been earlier in the week on Tuesday when Akron came from behind uh, they were trailing six to one Fermin six RBI over the final three innings of that game and then on Sunday it was three RBI in that uh, eighth inning to really push them in front Akron as they did the entire week just continue to battle from behind. Probably the most persistent team that I've seen this season. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the difference in the series, and that's the difference in the season. And the reason why the Akron Rubber Ducks are in the playoffs right now and the number one seed in the playoffs and the Somerset Patriots are on the outside um, looking in. I mean, it's just Akron's ability. There was even one game, what was it, Wednesday night, when the Patriots were leading 5-1, to one, and Akron came from behind and scored four runs to tie it. And then Dermis Garcia had the uh, game-winning RBI single in the top of the seventh inning, and Somerset ultimately won 6-5. to five. But it, it's just this shocking um, combination of Akron and their ability to come back and the Patriots' inability to hold leads. I'm looking at the stats right now. Entering Sunday – and entering the entire series additionally before the, uh, the Tuesday meltdown for the Patriots bullpen, this bullpen had the lowest ERA among all bullpens across all levels of minor league baseball. And even now, after that game got away from them on Sunday, the Patriots wind up finishing the regular season. Now, AAA has this whole like final stretch where they have 10 additional games. But at the end of the originally scheduled end of the minor league season, the Patriots are technically uh, – second lowest ERA, uh, at least for relievers across all levels of minor league baseball. The Buffalo Bison also have a 2.89 ERA. That's the same ERA as the team, um, but just, I guess, percentage points uh, slightly lower than the Patriots. So this was, by and large, the best bullpen, or if not the best bullpen, one of the best bullpens in all of minor league baseball this entire season. And it came right down to the wire where you hand the game off to the bullpen both on Tuesday with a 6-1 lead, and they're not able to hold on to it. A, a shocking result with Jeffrey Valdez allowing three runs and then um, Zach Green allowing four runs in the eighth inning in that ball game. And then on Sunday, you hand the game once again off to a bullpen that has been lights out. It's Nick Ernst, who has probably been your team's best relief pitcher ever since he was transferred up from high a Hudson Valley. He had not allowed a home run on the season. He had not allowed a run in each of his last five appearances. He had not allowed a run since I believe it was August 27th. So nearly a month had gone by since the last time that Ernst had allowed a run. And then he gives up a, uh, a walk, a base hit, and then a three run home run. And the game is tied. He walks the next batter, exits the game, and then a wild pitch and then a bouncer through the left side of the infield ends the season. And it just all combines to this, uh, this shocking result when the Patriots were handing the game off to arguably their, uh, their strongest asset on their team. So it, it, it makes it that much more difficult to, uh, to sit through the way that this season ended. And it's an even tougher pill to swallow because the Patriots entered the weekend as division champs. 
they locked up the Northeast Division. So in a typical year where a, a regular season division championship gives you a playoff berth, Somerset would be able to kind of wash their hands, finish out the regular season, and waltz into the playoffs. This year, though, that wasn't the case. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Because any other year, like you mentioned, and uh, the Patriots would be in the playoffs. They'd be getting ready for probably a, uh, a series, the first couple of games of the series up in Portland, and then uh, would be returning home on Friday for the uh, game three, or and if necessary, games four and five. But the Patriots, we knew going into uh, the playoffs, it was announced, what was it, back in June, that there would be a postseason in minor league baseball this year and at the double-A level. It was the top two teams, regardless of division. I think the reason why they did that was because it was an unbalanced schedule for every team in the league, uh, which means that everyone wasn't playing the same amount of games against everybody else. And uh, for the Patriots, in fact, they wound up playing more games against the other division, the Southwest division, and they played against their own division because the only team that Somerset didn't see this year uh, were the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. So it was just a weird way the schedule worked out because of COVID. And this is how they wanted to do the postseason. Uh, divisions didn't matter this year. And it turns out to really hurt the Patriots because uh, they finished their season, uh, what is it, just a half game behind Bowie. A team that Bowie also, uh, the Patriots have the tiebreaker over Bowie. Right, they uh, the Patriots took four of six against the Bay Sox when they were down in Maryland uh, the last time those two teams played. So Somerset had won the series the season series over the Bay Sox. They had a seven five season series lead, and the Patriots are a half game out. Uh, they won their division, but they don't clinch a playoff spot. And then the one game that was canceled earlier this season, a uh, Sunday game against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Who knows if the Patriots win or lose that game? But if they had played and if they had won, then they would have had the tiebreaker over Bowie and the Patriots would be in the playoffs. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's not productive to live in the past all the times, but um, this is a season where we're going to look back uh, years from now and say, you know, that was a good Somerset Patriots team. They set a number of team records. And uh, if only a couple of things went the other way, if the bullpen holds on, uh, if they're able to play that game against New Hampshire, if it's a normal season where division champions get into the postseason, then who knows what the uh, what the final page of this season's story would have read, would have said. But you know, it, it is what it is at this point, I guess. Playoffs or not, it was a historic season, and the Somerset Patriots reached new heights. We'll take a look when we come back at some of the new Patriots team records and recap the rest of the regular season coming up next on the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Discover the future you at Centenary University. Visit an upcoming virtual information session to learn more about flexible degree or certificate programs online or in person through Centenary Choice. Centenary offers small class sizes, individualized attention, thousands of dollars in scholarships, classes just for returning adults, and new programs including public health, computer science, supply chain management, and certified financial planning. Learn more about how you can earn your degree on your busy schedule. Centenary University. Discover the future you. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health. With the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. 
Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. Well, the first year as AA affiliates with the New York Yankees was a successful one-player playoffs or not for the Somerset Patriots. Mark, this team set a number of new franchise records. Let's take a look back at some of them, and we begin with the pitching staff, and that's where this all started at the beginning of the season. We knew that they would be a strong suit, and uh, they set a new ER, uh, rather uh, strikeout record for the team. They had one of the top ERAs in all the minor leagues as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the, the strikeout record, uh, they, uh, let's see, they finished the season. They finished the season with a 3.38 ERA, which is the best ERA among all uh, minor league teams. Again, we don't say that lightly. We've broken out that, um, that statistic and that, that little uh, point a number of times this year, but it bears repeating. I mean, there are 120 full season minor league clubs, and the Patriots had the lowest ERA among all 120 of those clubs. So um, it certainly bears repeating. That ERA is not a franchise record, but still very impressive um, at that 3.38 mark. The Patriots ultimately struck out on the nose 1,300 batters this season, 1-3-0-0. Now, the previous record uh, for the Patriots strikeouts uh, was a number of years ago where they just blew this one completely out of the water. Uh, I believe it was 2016, I want to say. Uh, that that strikeout record. So this uh, this crushed it, and uh, you know, part of it is a uh, the way that baseball is moving, the pivot, um, and how talented these pitchers are. You know, another part of it is you know this is a new level of baseball uh, for the Patriots, and some of the arms that they have that come in, came in this year are certainly um, you know more talented than a, a lot of previous pitching staffs for the team in their independent days. But then a lot of credit also has to go to Daniel Moscos and the way that he uh, really put together this pitching staff and the way that he worked with them day in and day out. Just a tremendous, tremendous job that Moscos did as a pitching coach. And, you know, 1,300 strikeouts, that was the most strikeouts of any double-A team. And it was only a number of high-A teams uh, that had more strikeouts than the Patriots over the entire season. So really a, uh, a tremendous job and uh, certainly an impressive record for this team. I do think it's also rather jaw-dropping that they set this new record. I understand the increase in talent, but in 21 less games than the Somerset Patriots are used to playing. In the Atlantic League, it was usually 140 games late. This season, the Patriots only played 119. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just the numbers were, were so much higher across the board in, in so many of this, these different departments. I mean, we had, what was it, three, I believe? I want to say three different players that had 14 strikeout games. Glenn Otto did it twice, and uh, it was Hayden Wesneski who had done it once as well. But it, it just, you know, I don't have the exact number in front of me in you know, a strikeout per nine-inning ratio for the entire team, but exponentially higher than uh, what this team had done previously. And it just goes to show, you know, the amount of uh, talent that was on this team this year and uh, certainly at a different level than it had been in previous years. Additionally, the Patriots had a minor league leading 17 shutouts in the season. And Mark, when you put that into context, 17 shutouts over 119 games, that is pretty remarkable. 
that's nearly 15% of their contests that they were shutting out their opponent. And then in addition to that, more history was made the first ever shutout in Somerset Patriots history against the Bowie Bay Sox. Yeah, that, that first no-hitter, uh, that was back on uh, August 8th. I mean, that was a night, or rather an afternoon, I should say. Oh, afternoon turning night. It was a 5 o'clock start um, that Patriots fans won't soon forget. I know we won't soon forget the combination of uh, Luis Severino on a rehab appearance, which is something that the Patriots never had in previous years as well, uh, to go along with uh, Sean Semple, and he had been pitching so well at that point, and then Ron Marinaccio finishing it off, one out. Well, was it one, two outs shy of a perfect game? Still getting the no-hitter. Certainly, you know, something that we'll never forget. In regards to the shutouts, I mean, you you mentioned that percentage of uh, the Patriots shutout wins uh, compared to the overall games that they've played and the amount of wins that they had. That is a franchise record as well. The previous franchise record for shutouts was 16. That was set back in 2015. A lot of Patriots fans will remember that 2015 team. That was one of the best pitching staffs the Patriots in the independent days had ever put together. Um, Sean Bierman, Matt Zielinski, Roy Merritt at the end of the season. Randy Boone had a tremendous year. Um, Just across the board, a really, really strong pitching staff. So for the Patriots to take down that record in significantly less games in that 2015 season, as you mentioned before, Brandon, the team played 140. This year, the Patriots played 119 games, yet they had more shutout wins Again, the the previous strikeout record was 1,080. So the Patriots had 220 more strikeouts this season in normally 21 fewer games than they would play. A a tremendous year across the board for this Patriots pitching staff. Let's switch gears to the bats. The power was there, and it was there from the very start. Estevan Florial the first ever Patriot to step up to the plate hit his solo home run. I mean, something out of a movie script, to be honest. And the Patriots uh, hung, what was that, a seven spot in Harrisburg in that bottom of the first inning or something like that. They scored a ton of runs, five runs. Thomas Malone later in the inning went yard. uh, And that continued throughout the whole entire season because Somerset as a whole hit his 175 homers, breaking a 13-year-old record. Yeah, I mean, that was quite the, uh, the foreshadowing for what this season was going to be like, right? The Patriots hit two home runs in their first inning as a double-A affiliate. Estevan Florial, who was one of the top two names, really, to start the season with the Patriots. Uh, Patriots. It was Florial and then Luis Heal, who was the opening day starting pitcher for Somerset, um, all the way back on May 4th, which seems like years ago at this point. Uh, but for Florial to lead off the game with a home run, and then uh, for Malone to add a, two, a three-run home run later in the inning, that's what got it started. And that first week of the season was magical. I mean, the Patriots took five of six over the Harrisburg Senators in that series. And uh, Florial had four home runs in that six-game set, including three home runs that led off a game. He did it twice against Tim Kaine, who at the time I believe was like the number eight prospect in the Washington Nationals organization. And then the only home run that he did not hit to lead off a game was a two-run shot that he hit over the scoreboard on a Friday night here at TD Bank Ballpark. So it was just a magical, magical start to the season for Esteban Florial, and then he was soon transferred up to AAA Scranton Wilkes-Barre. And then the home runs continued over the course of the season. The previous record for home runs as a team was 174 in that 2008 season that we've already talked about. Brandon Larson and Josh Presley leading the way. Matt Hagan had a big season. Uh, just across the board, a number of uh, big home run bats for the Patriots in 2008. 
But this year, it was steady contributions all season long by pretty much everyone that stepped into the lineup. Dermis Garcia, of course, led the way with the 31 home runs uh, to set a new individual single-season franchise record. He did that on the final day of the season. Uh, But then you have all of these different players that set their own career highs in home runs. I mean, not even touching on the players that were on the Patriots roster at the end of the season, Diego Castillo at the beginning of the season, uh, he had set a new career high in home runs before he was even traded from the Yankees over to the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, organization at the trade deadline. And then you have Garcia, career high. Oswaldo Cabrera, a career high. Michael Beltre, a career high. Donnie Sands was at a career high uh, when he was with the Patriots earlier this season. Um, you know, the names go on. Isaiah Gilliam, a career high. Uh, Brandon Lockridge, a career high. Oswaldo Peraza, uh, a career high as well. I mean, across the board, so many Patriot players came in this season and weren't just getting on base, weren't just, you know, executing, you know, the game plan, but they were hitting home runs. They were driving the ball with authority. And, you know, similar to what we said with the pitching staff and the job that Daniel Moscos did, the common denominator for all of these players setting new career highs in home runs was the Patriots hitting coach, Joe Migliaccia. And for Somerset, too, they had a little help along the way with some big league rehabbers coming in. That was something very new to the Somerset Patriots franchise, 11 in total, walked through the door, most of them at TD Bank Ballpark, including nine in the month of August. That was just a wild stretch for Somerset. Yeah, that was insane, right? I mean, it started really with Wandy Peralta, who made a couple of rehab appearances with the team on the road in Reading at the end of July. And then that carried over, and Peralta made one more appearance with the Patriots in that 12-game homestand the Patriots had at the beginning of August. But in addition to Peralta, you had Luis Severino making two starts, Clark Schmidt making two starts, uh, Chris Gittens appeared in two games, Corey Kluber made two starts as well, one in early August, one in late August, Clint Frazier, Gary Sanchez, I mean, all in that one 12-game stretch. And it was a very important stretch for the Patriots as well because – it was 12 games against teams that were fighting for playoff spots, uh, six against Bowie and six against Portland. It was wild. It, was just, it just felt like every other day it was like, all right, who from the Yankees is going to come into town today? And, look, the position players had a lot of success in their time here. Uh, really the best pitching performance was Luis Severino, who struggled in his first start, but then, you know, we already talked about it on August 8th, his second start. Four perfect innings, striking out five en route to a uh, Somerset Patriots no-hitter, the first in franchise history. So that, that was the best pitching performance. Um, and then in terms of other rehab assignments, later at the end of August, Gio Urshela was here for a couple of games, one in Altoona, one back home. Glaber Torres wound up only playing in one game for the Patriots, but he made a count, had a solo home run uh, in that game as well. I mean, you could go back to the beginning of the season, also in the week that Luke Voigt's been here, uh, which was electric. Voigt hit 435 in that, uh, in that week with two home runs and six RBI, getting on base at a 471 clip. Patriots took five of six that week against the Richmond Flying Squirrels. It was a, you know, this was an element where a lot of Patriots fans, and I know a lot of front office members as well, were super excited about having rehab appearances here for the first time in franchise history. And nobody really knew, you know, who was going to come through and when they were going to come through and what that experience was like and how many people would respond and, and how they would perform and, and just what everything entailed in a rehab assignment. Uh, but a lot came through Somerset. This year, I think there's a lot to be said for the work that the Patriots organization did with the batting tunnel and all of the new facilities to try to elevate the experience here at the ballpark where rehabbers wanted to come and the Yankees wanted to send guys 
to Somerset. I think also location plays a role into it, the Patriots being the closest affiliate uh, to the Bronx. So, you know, there, there's a number of reasons behind why the Patriots had so many major league rehab assignments. But, you know, by and large, there were some really electric moments this year uh, with the Yankees playing in Patriots pinstripes. I think you make a great point as to why that all happened. And look, we can't predict the future. But as you mentioned, both the facilities and the location the location isn't changing as to the proximity of the Bronx, and the facilities are only getting better with that new gym uh, being put into place. So it seems like there's a very good possibility that the rehabs continue for years to come in Somerset. Certainly another reason to stay really excited about the affiliation with the Yankees. Yeah, of course. I mean, th- there's no reason to expect otherwise. And, you know, unfortunately, it seems like every year the Yankees have some sort of injury issue and but baseball is a marathon, right? So teams are going to have their injury issues regardless uh, whether it's the Yankees or, or somebody else. But it just seems as though, you know, from time to time, the Yankees do get hit quite hard with the injury bug and you never hope that anybody gets hurt. Uh, but on their way back, Somerset has presented itself as a really good venue Uh, for a lot of these guys to get right, get healthy, um, and then eventually make their way back to Yankee Stadium. Well, it is very hard to try and put together all of the memories of a 119-game season, a a four-and-a-half-month stretch. But, Mark, what are some of the memories that will stick with you as we move on from this 2021 stretch? Uh, It's tough. It's really tough. Um, and I probably should have expected that question was coming considering this is our wrap-up podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it kind of scatters throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, I, I think uh, certainly a memory before the season started, uh, the passing of the Patriots chairman emeritus, Steve Califer, um, and, and the, the rallying of the community. We had an event here in June um, to honor Steve's life. Uh, you know, you were present for that, Brandon. I was downstairs uh, in the ballpark broadcasting a game remotely. Uh, but that certainly stands out as a, uh, as a big memory of this team. Uh, the way the season started with the Estevan Florial home runs uh, certainly stands out. The, um, the no-hitter in August, uh, really that Luke Voigt week in June when the Patriots were home against the Richmond Flying Squirrels and Voigt just mm-hmm. put on a show, bat-flipping, hitting home runs through rain. Uh, I think that was the first time because the, the Patriots had Zach Britton as a rehab assignment um, at late May, early June. And that didn't really, it was cool, uh, but it didn't really like boost the electricity of the ballpark the way that Luke Voigt really captivated the fans that were in attendance. Uh, so that Voigt week stands out. Um, the no hitter in August, it, it's tough to brush away the way that the season concluded. Um, with that tough, uh, that tough ending in Akron. But there were some really exciting games. Um, and, you know, Brandon, we, we talked about uh, when we were leaving that Akron series, we were talking to some of the people over there in Akron. Yes, the Patriots didn't technically make the playoffs, but to us, they played in a playoff series. That series against Akron was a postseason series. And sure, the Patriots split and still didn't get in, but, you know, understanding what they needed to do that week to get in, and they fell just short. But that every game in that series felt like it was a playoff game, um, especially some towards the end. So, you know, that, that's sort of what stands out to me. I'm curious to hear what, what kind of stood out for you this year. The energy was absolutely there in that final week in Akron, and especially those late 
tense moments in ball games. You could feel just that that nervousness, that anxiousness. Everything was there that you find in October baseball. I think you hit on a lot of the big ones with Florial, the no-hitter. I mean, all of those highlights go on. Luke Voigt bat flipping on a pop-up to shallow left field will always stick with me. The highest bat flip I've probably ever seen in my life. Uh, that was just so funny and so on brand for a guy that brings a lot of personality to the table. Uh, I think one thing that really put into perspective how good a level of baseball we were watching was seeing all the former Patriots who went on to play in the majors this season. I believe it's six that made their major league debut, seven in total went to the majors of guys that uh, have played with Somerset this season, not including big league rehabs, of course. Five pitchers, though, unbelievable. Luis Heal, who was such a big-name prospect, and every time that we put out a heel highlight, that went absolutely nuts, along with Flo, who returned to the majors after playing in one game uh, in 2020 with the Yankees. Then you had uh, Glenn Otto, Jansen Junk, and Elvis Peguero, who debuted with other teams after getting sent away at the trade deadline. Steven Ridings, who was an unbelievable story, uh, just frankly, coming out of nowhere. I mean, a guy at six, seven, who was throwing 90 to 93, doing off-season work, all of a sudden, unbeknownst to him, jumped up to 98 to triple the digits. And uh, he was cut from, what was it, the Royals or the Cubs organization? I mean, he had not passed rookie ball before the Yankees picked him up. So an unbelievable job by the Yankees to find that hidden gem. And then he is is fantastic out of the bullpen for the Yankees. The final one that made his big league debut, Hoy Park, who then, uh, after getting traded, spent some time uh, with the Pirates up in the big league club as well. I mean, that kind of spins your head around. I know that for us, you get so wrapped up in what the Somerset Patriots are doing, but now being able to take a step back, that's amazing that we had guys playing with us that were contributors in the Patriots lineup and then were some of which very successful at the big league level in the very same season. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking over, you know, in the previous history of the Somerset Patriots, there were, by my count, 20 players that had played with the Somerset Patriots and then after having played with the Patriots, made it to the major leagues. Now, some of those guys had previous major league experience, played with the Patriots, and then made it back to the major leagues. And it, the number can increase to 21. If you include Brandon Liebrandt, who played in the uh, Somerset Professional Baseball Series the COVID season in, in 2020, and then made it up to the Miami Marlins that same year. Um, so you look at 20 players, kind of 21, over the team's entire franchise history. And then this year, you have six guys that make their way up to make a Major League Baseball debut. And it's, uh, you know, it's a talent influx like this team has never seen before. And it made it so exciting. And it made it exciting to get to know these guys also and to see, you know, these young players uh, who were playing here in Bridgewater, um, you know, weeks or in some cases months after playing here, uh, make their way up to the major leagues. And like a guy like Luis Heal and Stephen Ridings, who captivated Yankee fans in, uh, in their appearances at, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, for, for that to come together and to have their season start in Somerset, is, uh, is truly something special and something that all of us here will never forget. 
And that's just the tip of the iceberg because the Patriots also saw an influx in top Yankees prospects. Luis Medina, who Baseball America says has the best pure stuff in the Yankees system. He, if he continues on this track, will certainly be in the bigs in a year, maybe two years at the longest. Oswald Peraza, one of the top-rated uh, infield prospects in the Yankees organization. Brandon Lockridge, who joined the team later in the season, was another top prospect. I mean, we can continue on the prospect train, but point is, the seven guys that made it to the bigs were just this year. There were certainly more that were on this Patriot squad this season that will at some point in time be in the majors. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the exciting thing, right? I mean, this is the start of something new. There were so many records that were broken this year. There were so many prospects that were notable, so many memories that were made, so many just beautiful baseball plays that were executed on the field. And this is only year one. I mean, the Patriots at the beginning, you know, during the last offseason, signed a 10-year contract to be, you know, the New York Yankees double affiliate. And the hope is that this is a partnership that extends forever. So, you know, this is only year one and there's only room to grow. There's only more prospects to come through. There's only more, uh, you know, fun memories to make, only more home runs to be hit, strikeouts to be punched. It's going to be a lot of fun here in Somerset moving forward. To say the absolute least, the Somerset Patriots made history this year. And while they did not make the playoffs, it was an absolutely fun one. Mark, we're not done yet. When we come back, we'll take a look at the championship series. It's Bowie and Akron in a best of five for the AA Northeast League Championship. Green Knoll Golf Course, located in Bridgewater Township and less than five minutes from Route 22, is the original Somerset County Park Commission course. Since 1960, golfers have enjoyed the rolling layout with slight elevation changes throughout the course. Green Knoll Golf Course also features a nine-hole pitch and putt course with holes ranging from 40 to 100 yards. Call 908-722-1301 or visit greennollgolf.com to book a tee time today. All righty, Mark. Well, tonight is the opening game of the AA Northeast League Championship Series. It will see the top-seeded Akron Rubber Ducks taking on the second-seed Bowie Bay Sox. We know this Akron team to be very good, really, in all facets. I think we talked about it wrapping up uh, this past week's series on Sunday, but they're not really a team that blows you away with a whole lot. They just seem to do everything well, every aspect of the game. They're there, and they're towards the top of the league. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Bowie, though, certainly has done very well this year. Adley Rutschman helped them throughout the season. He's no longer with the team. Grayson Rodriguez is, though. Yeah, I mean, Grayson Rodriguez is a, a tremendous talent. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, probables for the first game of this series on that uh, tonight. We're recording this early Tuesday morning. Uh, it'll be Peyton Battenfield on the mound for Akron against Gray Fenter. For Bowie, I believe I'm not positive about that, but I believe it sets up Grayson Rodriguez to pitch uh, tomorrow night's ball game on Wednesday, and then uh, if necessary, maybe they throw Grayson uh, on Sunday. I know that the Baltimore Orioles organization is very strict in terms of pitch counts, so we might not see a lot of Grayson, but he certainly has the ability to pitch in that postseason. It's going to be a very interesting series. These are two teams that um, that capitalize on mistakes in their own way. 
Akron doesn't necessarily, you know, blow the doors off of ball games. They have scrappy batters that can put together rallies that can uh, take advantage and hit with runners in scoring position. For Bowie, you know, they do have bats that can hit home runs. Uh, they're towards the top of the league. I believe they finished second in the league in home runs this year uh, behind only Somerset. Uh, but they are a team that draws walks. They, they take a lot of pride in that. They have Patrick Dorian, who led the entire uh, AA Northeast League in walks this season. Uh, but it's an overall organizational uh, strategy that the Baltimore Orioles put forth and a team that takes a lot of pride in drawing walks. So you have a patient team in Bowie uh, that can pop some home runs and uh, take advantage once they get some guys on base versus an Akron team that has a really strong pitching staff. They don't walk many batters, and they take advantage of opportunities that are presented to them. I mean, Bowie leads the AA Northeast League and walks with 507. Um, Patriots, in fact, were, drew the second most walks at 448, so still about 60 walks less than, than Bowie. So, you know, between the way that Bowie can get on base and then pop a home run, especially in, in that ballpark, Prince George's Stadium, that is a bandbox. There are a lot of home runs that get hit in that ball, ballpark. It, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of strength for strength. These are both two teams that um, don't make many mistakes and like to capitalize. The first two games, as you mentioned, are in Bowie tonight, Tuesday, and then on Wednesday night. Then they return home, uh, rather return to Akron, Ohio, and the Rubber Ducks host games three and then four and five if needed. They would be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How do you think this series shakes out? It's a tough one to call, right? I mean, these are two teams that the Patriots saw quite recently. Um, you know, Akron's ability to come back late in ballgames certainly makes it tough to, to pick against them. I'm interested to see how the Akron pitching staff comes together. You know, we saw Logan Allen uh, make a, a wonderful relief appearance against the Patriots on the last day of the season. So you're probably not going to see Logan Allen, who in my opinion is the best starting pitcher that Akron has to offer. You know, he pitched on Sunday, so you're probably not going to see him until Friday or Saturday, depending on if Akron wants to skip any of the guys in their rotation. But it's an Akron team that pitches well, that doesn't make mistakes. Ultimately, I feel better about Akron than I do with Bowie. I think Bowie takes one of the two games at home. Uh, I think they've got a pretty good chance of taking tonight's game, even though Peyton Battenfield had looked good for his first time through the order against the Patriots when we saw him last week and then struggled his second time through the order. But you have Battenfield, you've got Pilkington uh, for the uh, – for the Akron Rubber Ducks, even Thomas Ponticelli pitched pretty well. Xavier Curry is there now. So I think that Bowie and Akron split the two games that are in Bowie to begin the series, and then the Rubber Ducks win it at home. Maybe, maybe Bowie squeezes, um, squeezes out a game, um, but I, I, I say it's Akron and four. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe way to go. I mean, it might be recency bias, but I'm in the same boat as you where it's really hard to pick against this Akron team, just seeing how they played under pressure and especially down on Tuesday and then again on Sunday when they, on Sunday, frankly, needed to win a ball game. But they did lose those middle three games of the series. I mean, Somerset, after getting shocked on Tuesday, bounced back for a 6-5 win. Um, then they blew the doors off of Akron 10-4. to And finally, Hayden Wisniewski looked brilliant against this Akron squad in a 2-0 shutout victory. So, you know, you can't really fully count Akron as running away with this, 
Although I, like I said, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Akron ekes it out in five at home. They're celebrating one more time at Canal Park in Akron, Ohio on Sunday afternoon. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, they've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey Health Plans have the benefits you need. Telemedicine, so you can see a doctor anytime, anywhere. Mental health professionals available 24-7. Virtual ID cards and more on your phone. We'll help you find the plan that covers it all. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is here when you need us most. Now and always. That is it for the final time this season, Mark. It has been a lot of fun. It has, uh, it has certainly been a pleasure. And uh, Patriots fans, there's, there's a lot of positives on the horizon. Any last uh, words that you'd like to share with the fans? Yeah, it's been, um, like you said, Brandon, it's been a pleasure to, to be able to bring this podcast all season long. We started it uh, shortly after the Patriots uh, had signed their PDL as the, the new AA affiliate of the Yankees. And uh, I believe the first episode, I want to say, was uh, the middle of March, middle of March, towards the end of March. So it's been a long run um, doing these podcast episodes. We'll, uh, we'll be back with podcast episodes as we get closer to the 2022 season. Uh, it'll be a pretty quiet offseason in regards to the podcast front, unless there's something major that breaks and we'll, you know, maybe we'll pop back on and, and record an episode at that point. Uh, but for the most part, I don't, I don't think we're going to have any podcast more podcast episodes before our gearing up for the 2022 season. But it's been a wild year. Uh, very appreciative of everyone who's tuned in for these podcasts, everyone who's tuned into our broadcasts, everyone who has uh, come to the ballpark this year and uh, enjoyed what a, what a wild year plus this has been. I mean, you know, you could – COVID affected everyone, all, every minor league team and every community. Uh, but you go back to a lost 2020 season where the Patriots – didn't get their swan song in the Atlantic League. I mean, they had uh, failed to make the playoffs in 2019 and were putting together a strong roster in 2020 and ultimately didn't have a 2020 season. Um, so they did put on the, uh, the Somerset Professional Baseball Series. So there was that 13-game stretch. So you just think about where the, the state of the Somerset Patriots and where minor league baseball was at in 2020. And then to have the announcement on November 7th that the Patriots were the new AA affiliate of the Yankees and then start off this season with the uh, capacity restrictions at the ballpark um, and everyone wearing masks, and then to eventually build back up to 100% capacity and have some of the experiences that we had this year. And then the flooding um, towards the end of August that, that really hit our community hard um, and the way that a lot of people were able to bounce back here. And even with the, se the season ending shy of the playoffs, and ending on a pretty abrupt, disappointing note. Uh, it's still remarkable to look back at everything that happened this season, the good, 
the bad and uh, what it means for the future of this organization. So again, thank you everyone who's tuned in. It's been, uh, it's been, you know, quite the pleasure to be able to bring this season to you guys, the fans, and we can't wait to see what's in store for 2022. Mark, you did remind me of one last thing that I'd like to mention, and that is the auction uh, to benefit the local community impacted by the remnants of Hurricane Ida is still going on. You can find more information at MILB.com slash Somerset or SomersetPatriots.com. There are also plenty of links on the Patriots social media sites uh, where you can swipe up, find links, bid. But please, if you can, or if there's an item that intrigues you, please bid uh, all of the benefits and all of the money raised goes to our local community here that is still trying to recover. Mark, I think you summed things up very well. Fans, thank you so much for an extraordinary 2021 season, and we cannot wait for 2022. Enjoy the offseason. Thank you for listening to the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.